having some technical difficulties. Okay, it is so cold. Oh, okay. So normally we'll come and turn the car on and get it warmed up before I come out here, but I lost my car keys. And when you messaged and said you were ready, it didn't come in. And then I was like, oh, crap. I need to like, get my car keys and go out in the car. And then I couldn't find my car keys. So it took me forever because <laughs> I was like, I'm not sitting out in the car without a heater. Anyway. It's cold up there. I have no idea what temperature it is, but it's cold. There's snow on the ground. Like, it melts every day at, like, noon a little bit more and a little bit more. But... It's not noon right now. For those listening, it is 8.41 at night, and it is cold up here. <laughs> All right, so we are doing Mythica 5 God Slayer. Yes, the last Mythica movie that is currently out. Yes, so I think we should do the synopsis quickly. <laughs> Maybe read it off of Wikipedia. <laughs> Because okay. last time, all we got through, because we had to talk about every step of the... Uh, it was kind of, it was a review where we went through it. Yeah. Scene by scene, which is what we used to do, if you remember. Very I do remember. <laughs> yeah, so it's not that we just got through the synopsis. It, it was that as we were doing the synop- synopsis, we just talked about the movie. So you had to listen to the whole thing to get the, the whole plot, which is not normally what we do now. Yeah, so. when we started out and did the Star Wars ones, we did that. We went through the entire movie scene by scene. but um, And that's just kind of how it happened yesterday. And I love that we're organic that way. But maybe we, if we want to keep to our current uh, style of episode, <laughs> maybe just read the synopsis real fast and then go Yeah, I'm trying. It. I have my little Kindle here. I'm trying to look Well, up. I can do... I'll do the intro then, even though we've already kind of started. Uh, Welcome, everybody. This is Your Little Sisters Productions Presents Missed Opportunities. I'm Taya. I'm Laura. And today we are, like we've already said, talking about Mythica 5, God Slayer. And going through that, we have gone through all five Mythica movies. This is our final one. This is also, drumroll please, our one hundred. Our 100th episode. Wait, that was going to be our 101st episode. We haven't decided that. So this is our 101st episode. It's when we get to the editing process. Um, <laughs> oh, this is meant to be our, 100 and our 100th episode. We do want to give you guys an awesome Valentine's Day gift. So we will let you know if this is actually our 100th episode or not. Either way, thank you so much for being with us for 100 episodes all the way from the beginning till now. We have done 100 different episodes. I think we've done like 90 something movies that we've talked about and the rest were uh, different discussions about media and everything going along with storytelling and things like that. So thank you so much for being We are grateful you can find us on instagram and youtube and facebook as your little sisters productions we also have a twitter yls underscore productions and you can always help us out we appreciate 100 of the support on patreon we are patreon.com slash joy flake that's my name it's t-a-i-a-j-o-y 
F-L-A-K-E. And we, um, you just select one of the missed up or, or not the missed opportunities, the Your Little Sisters production tiers. One is for our YouTube channel. One is for missed opportunities. And we also have a Twitter. I said Twitter. I said we're YLS underscore productions at tw- on Twitter. Did I say well? I'm sorry. I could have sworn I was listening really carefully. I must have sp- spaced out for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> Either way, we definitely have a Twitter. Please go like and follow us on all of those platforms. It really helps get the word out. Make sure and uh, tag your friends and suggest us to other movie reviewers. We would love to collaborate with anyone. We have such a good time talking about movies. We would love to bring anybody into the conversation that can be respectful and that loves to talk about stories and movies. So, uh, definitely follow us on all of our social medias. If you want to support us on Patreon, you get extra episodes exclusively for you, as well as um, email access or Discord ask- access to us. First priority when suggesting movies for us and a lot of other good goodies that um, come with it. So it's we have our tiers set at $5 a month, so not a big deal. I mean, that's what some people pay for uh, coffee in the morning, but we would love your support. It really helps us out. All right. Do we have the synopsis? So I looked it up and on Wikipedia, it's a one sentence synopsis. <laughs> so the exact opposite of what we did last time. Got it. <laughs> Basically. My younger child is tormenting my older child. Okay. Like they should. Like they should. <laughs> we are both the youngest in our families, if you didn't get that from the title of your little sister's productions. So she is fulfilling her her destiny as a little sister. <laughs> okay, so the one sentence on Wikipedia about Mythica 5 is, As the Lich King's zombie legions ravage the world, Merrick and Dagon embark on a quest to obtain a weapon from the gods. Which, I mean, is pretty much the movie, along with the fact that Tila and Thane, Tila slash Anaset, I should say, because at, the goddess Anaset and Tila are currently sharing a body in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are basically on the front lines of the war. Anaset slash Tila are bringing back as many people from the dead as possible before they turn into zombies. But if they're gone for too long, she's unable to bring them back and they have to be burned or beheaded to not turn into zombies. Because of Sorlock's power through the dark spore. And that, I mean, that is the overall synopsis of the movie. Derek. Derek, why do I keep doing that? Derek and Megan is what I want to say instead of Merrick and Dagan. Merrick and Dagan are traveling. They have that steampunky wagon that they got in the previous movie. So And they also have the zombie girl with them at the beginning of the movie. However, they very quickly give the wagon and leave the zombie girl behind with a group of villagers who were trying to run away or were, were running away from some zombies that were coming after them. The zombies were winning. Merrick and Dagan stopped to help them. And they basically, the villagers refused to leave the wagon. Because they believe it will keep them safe. They don't want to keep going on foot. 
and Dagon wants to take the zombie girl with him and Merrick. Merrick says she's not fast enough, she'll slow us down, so they have to keep her with the wagon and hand her off to the other people to stay with the wagon. And then they go on foot, and then at one point horse, and then more by foot. The whole time Merrick is kind of having doubts as to why she made the trade at the end of the last movie that she did, why she gave over the dark spore for the Iron Crown. She's really doubting it. She says, you know, there are so many people dying because of me, because of the choice I make. She's really feeling the weight of the world on her shoulders, which is, I mean, that's literally what is happening. She's having the weight of the world on her shoulders. So she's really struggling with that. Sorlock is able to communicate with her because of the connection with the dark spore that is in her because I think we talked about it last movie when they learned that when her mom is pregnant, she held the dark spore closely and it kind of got imbued into Merrick's being. And now because Zorlak has a dark spore as his heart or in his chest, I I want to say it becomes his heart because they call it the Lich King's heart. And he is now the Lich King because he has the dark spore. It's in his chest. It kind of looks... Think of Tony Stark in his arc reactor situation. So he's able to communicate with Merrick and he's telling her, your friends will betray you. You can, but you can save the world by joining me. I don't want to have to kill everybody. I just want to be a god. I want to be the god of this world. And Anaset and apparently the other gods are starting to fear that Merrick will go over to Zorlock's side and kill them all and they really don't want to all be dead Dagon and Merrick get to this place that they believe will let them go to the underworld where the hammer of tech is if you remember from the last movie if you have the iron crown and you wear it you can wield the hammer of tech which is apparently the only thing that can destroy the dark spore they're there they're not really able to find out how to get to the underworld if there's an entrance or anything she kind of loses all hope and a set makes Tila and Thane teleport over to where Dagon and Merrick are because Anna says, like, Merrick is going to betray us. She's going to go over to Zorlock. This cannot happen. It will not happen. We're going to stop it. And they go, and Anna says, fights Merrick. A big battle ensues. Merrick is about to die, and she calls out, Zorlock, help me. And she basically goes with, Zorlock comes, and he teleports her away. And they're like, see, she's going to go off and be with Zorlock. And Dagon defense her as does Thane like no he forced it she was just she was just having a rough go of it we know Merrick so they stay there and they're trying to figure out how to get to the underworld and Dagon's like wait Tila can bring us back to life Tila slash Anaset can bring us back to life because to get to the underworld you have to be dead so if we die then and a set can bring us back and they ask how long they can have and she's like about 80 heartbeats but time may work differently in the underworld which apparently doesn't really look like it worked all that different <laughs> by the way they set that up and then they get to the underworld and it seemed to be going pretty close to the same pace as the time on earth was going so I, if you thought something different Taya, let me know when the synopsis is done but I thought it looked pretty much the same as the time that was going passing on Earth. <laughs> so Dagon and Thane take the poison. They die to go to the underworld and Anaset slash 
Sheila is counting her heartbeats. She said she can get to 80 heartbeats or once she gets to 80 heartbeats, it will be too late. So she's counting to stay as under that number so she can bring them back. They talk with the God of the Forge and are trying to get the hammer from him, but he's not giving it to them. They try to fight him for it. It's not really working out. Even though they're dead, they can still feel pain. Ralph fighting him. Uh, Dagon is getting close to being able to figure out how to take the hammer to the world of the living because he figures out while he's fighting. What's the God of the Forge? What's his name? Tech. Oh, because it's Hammer of Tech. Duh, the God of the Forge, Tech. While he's fighting him, he figures out while he touches it, he can see the land of the living. Earth. He's like, oh my gosh, that belongs to the land of the living. It doesn't belong here, so how do we get it from here to there while we're dead? And Dane goes and is not able to take the hammer with him, so Dagon's trying to figure it out. And he said, and he figures out that if he stays in the underworld and Dane or someone puts on the iron crown, they will then be able to grab the hammer and bring it fully into the land of the living. Dane, however, does not put on the crown and Dagon dies. For real, not just for temporarily until Anaset can bring them back. Like he decides to stay there and not come back. He fights Anaset slash Tila trying to bring him back so he can stay. And they have to behead him or burn him, but they chose to behead him because they don't want him to turn into a zombie. In the meantime, Zorlock is trying to convince her, Merrick being her, that her friends are betraying her, that he was right the whole time. And she says no, and he shows her the scene of them beheading Dagon, of course, without all the context, because she left before all of this happened, she is so mad, and she blames Anaset, and by connection, all the gods. And so she decides to join Sorlock to kill the gods and goddesses. They succeed, except for Anaset. Anaset's the last one who's alive. Tila slash Anaset and Thane go to where Merrick and Sorlock are. They explain to Merrick what happened and Merrick turns against Zorlock but it's a little too late because Anaset's the only goddess left alive. Anaset and Zorlock fight. Anaset does die and Thane's in pretty bad condition. Tila's in pretty, pretty bad condition. Merrick is turning into pretty, pretty bad condition but she touches Zorlock's fingers and then she has a conversation with Gojin Pai in another dimension. And you come to find out that when Gojin Pai died, he put a little bit of his soul, or maybe his whole soul, he put his essence into Zorlock and has been hiding out there, waiting for the opportunity to help out Merrick in any way he can, give her the upper hand so that she can destroy the Dark Spore. He tells her about her mother and that her mother was actually a hero because this whole time she's been told that her mother was not very good that she's you know she stole the dark spore and she gave it to zorlock or wanted to keep it for herself out of greed and that's why she of course was born with a club foot and was born a necromancer because her mom imbued her with the dark spore and gochen pai says no she didn't want zorlock to realize his dream of becoming a god and so she hid it from him and she gave up her life 
to give you a better world to live in to try and do that and he says i'm going you know you're going to go back i'm going to have to destroy the dark spore and merrick says if i destroy the dark spore will i die because orlock had mentioned earlier something about because they're connected that if she destroys dark spore she would die and gojin pai basically says yes he says you know all heroes must make sacrifices and so she goes back and she's fighting zorlock at one point she does put on the crown dagon has run through the underworld to get to the same location on earth because they're somewhat connected the locations between the underworld and earth and was shouting at Merrick. And because she's a necromancer and connected with magic, I guess she was able to hear. She puts on the Iron Crown, grabs the hammer from Dagon, and Gojin Pai is able to keep Zorlock still long enough for Merrick to smash the Dark Spore, which does kill her ultimately. So the movie ends with Thane and Tila burying, burying, yeah, burying. <laughs> Why does that sound like I'm saying it wrong? Does it sound burying. like I'm saying it wrong? Burying. Bleh. Burying. Next to where they buried D- Dagon earlier. And they put the iron crown on top of her grave. And talk about how they were heroes. And they will remember them. They talk about how they wanted to get married and have children. And then Thane asks the question that I wanted to ask so i'm glad he did he said what is going to become of us now that all the gods are dead they're all gone and tila says when i when anna set was in my body i was able to see into her mind there was a time before the gods and there will be a time after for right now it's just us mortals living maybe one day there will be gods who rise up again but in the meantime life goes on and that's just what's going to happen it's just us there's also an after credit scene which i wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for Taya, I wonder if there's after credits scene in all the movies. I don't think so. But I wonder if there's any others that have after credit scenes that we didn't know about. Because this one does have an after credit scene. And I'm glad you mentioned it, Taya, because one of my complaints about this movie was, what happens to Zombie Girl? And then you messaged me, have you seen the after credits scene? <laughs> and I watched it. I was like, okay, so that's what happens to Zombie Girl of sorts. And she, when Zorlock dies, she gets her sensibilities back and remembers nothing about having been a sort of zombie person and she is in the wagon with all these peasants and she starts ordering them out where am i you know you smell get just take me to the palace or the castle at this one king's haven or something and they'll laugh at her and like yeah no the war is over we're going home and she feels her face and feels the scars and everything. And she screams and she's just in, she's going to have a fun time learning what happened when she was a zombie girl. Which, by the way, she did have physical strength because they get at the beginning of the movie when he's handing her off to the people. And, you know, he's saying, you know, she has to be in good condition. You have to take care of her, all of that. He tells her then, hey, if they mistreat you in any way, just rip him in half. And she nods. Like, yeah, that's the thing I can do. So being a not exactly dead, undead person does give you superhuman strength. Also, Merrick and Dagon find each other in the underworld and are together happily ever after now that they are dead in the afterlife. And that is the end of Mythica 5.
So <laughs> we made it all the way through all the movies. So if you have been any sort of longtime listener to this podcast, you know that I really don't like endings where the heroes die. I just don't think I, I want happy endings. And I don't think that being together in the next life is a happy ending for a story <laughs> because d- despite what I believe in real life, like my personal religious beliefs about the afterlife in the story setting that we have, it's not a good thing. And it's not, it, I don't know. It's not happy because she didn't want to live on a beach and be <laughs> with Dagan and just be, she wanted to be an adventurer and to go on quest and to save and and that would have been her happy ending and that would have I think been Dagan's because as much as he said that he wanted to go to a beach and and catch fish and stuff like I think the peaceful life would have been nice for him to retire in but he still wanted to be an adventurer but they made it all about sacrificing and the only way you can be a hero is to sacrifice and I don't like that that's a personal preference for me. <laughs> it's just, I just don't really like, I feel like it's kind of a cop-out ending. I, I think the clever thing about heroic tales and stories is how the hero gets out of it and how they survive and, and what they do after they survive. I think that's more clever than, well, they die. They don't survive it. They go through all of this and they don't get over it. They don't survive it. They don't live through it. And they don't have to deal with the consequences of what they've done and they don't have to grow into better people or, or into worse people and and remember the good old, you know, like, I I just think I just don't like it. So I wasn't super happy with the ending, but nobody's surprised by that. Right. Like (laughs) nobody's surprised that I don't like it when they hear it. I, I don't, I also don't like it when the heroes die. It's been very specific circumstances, I'm a little more lenient, but overall, I also like heroes to live. However, I wasn't very sad about Merrick and Dagan specifically. Especially Merrick. I, while I liked that they really had her struggle between right and wrong, and you really were wondering for a while if she was going to turn, when she was going to turn, what she was going to do, all of that. I felt it was just a little too late, a little bit too little too late. That's the problem for because I have kind of been losing interest in her as a main character for a little while now. Dagan, Especially- I really liked, but we found out about his backstory in the last movie that he's in. Why did we find out about all his backstory about him? His in his words, growing up in a whorehouse because his mother was an elf who was captured and used as as a person in a brothel to service soldiers and p- people passing by. So he doesn't know who his father was, except that he was human because he's born half and half. And then when his mother died, tragically, at four, he was then raised by the other woman in the brothel and he was beaten because he ter- turned to thieving as a way to survive and was beaten senselessly countless times and then just went out in the world and became a thief like that why did we not get get that in the first movie or two they had five movies why are we getting that in five out of five i I feel like these movies have 
sort of an unbalance in exposition through dialogue and character development through action. So typically you have the opposite where you have people do a lot of growth through conversations like in this movie Dagan sharing his backstory with Merrick brings them together it's character development right but that's like the only time that they do it most of the time their dialogue is exposition for the story it's telling the story telling happening in the story and giving us information that we need like oh tila healed your leg while she was sacrificing herself and oh the um hammerhead wanted the crown so that he could wield the hammer and like all like exposition through their dialogue and then you are you see the character growth through the actions I do think it's a little unbalanced in this whole series because we're supposed to like characters um, longer. I, we're supposed to like characters before we like characters <laughs> and we're supposed to like understand things. I don't know. I, and I think to fix it, I would have them have those types of conversations in movies one or two so that we can see how close-knit these heroes are and then more dramatic when they split up. Yes, I I find that to be out of balance and I think that's why I was a little upset. I, I don't mind his backstory as a backstory. I mean, it explains a lot, but why are we about it the last possible time was annoying and they just needed to flip some stuff. I do think the last couple movies have been the best of the series in terms of quality of production and storytelling and everything but it's just too little too late in terms well, of some of it like they didn't have to give us the backstory of Dagan like that in that movie for me to continue to like him and to have felt sad when he died I felt more sad for him than than Merrick but I also once Zorlock brought up the whole if you destroy the dark spore you'll die and kind of knew where that was going and I suspected Dagan was going to die and that she would follow but so I didn't feel the need to have that whole backstory from Dagan in this movie I appreciate that they did that but I just wish it had been earlier it's like when we were reviewing the second movie and I was saying well they need to switch Dagan's growth what he what he is in this movie needs to be one and what he is and one needs to be two. <laughs> they just, it, it feels as though they didn't have a clear cut character arc for him throughout all five yeah. movies. It kind of went movie by movie, which we have talked about, especially with the Star Wars, especially with 7, 8, 9 of Star Wars. If you're going to do a series of movies or a series where you have one story stretched out over multiple films or TV episodes, whatever it may be, you have to know the whole story. You have to know the end because yeah, that, that's where you're going. You have to be able to plant everything you need and tell the story in a way that makes sense for the end to make sense. And so I don't know if maybe they did write all five movies out and had a plan and they just weren't the best with Dagan's character about putting things in order or whatnot, but... But it felt a little disjointed with Dagan's character, just a little up and down, back and forth. I remember not liking him at all in Mythica 2. I liked Cole. I actually was rooting more for Cole. <laughs> and then Dagan came back and made 3 and 4. 
a lot more entertaining. And I also still really like him in five. And we mentioned it, I think it was on the last podcast episode, the Mythica 4 one, that is the, that they're going to be making a Mythica 6. They're introducing new heroes, new villains, but it's in the same world. And some of the actors, the ones who lived, played Tila and Thane, are coming back. And the actor who played Dagon is now going to be the director of Mythica 6. So... I don't know if he. I don't know if he directed any of the other. Let me look that up. Let me see if he's directed anything else. But I'm excited. We will definitely, if we can, are able to watch it. I think we should definitely review it and continue our Mythica series <laughs> and see if they are able to tell this storyline in a more cohesive manner. I think with this particular film, my biggest issue was the same as. Like it's the reason my favorite script is because it had lighthearted moments. This one what fell back into what three was where it just wasn't they didn't have lighthearted moments because this is like and I feel like at least this one has a reason, right? There's and it's dark and it's scary and the world's kind of on fire because they're living in the war in the world where Zorlock is the of everything right like he got his wish and so he's burning the world down so it made more sense in this one than it did in three um so but i it, it that kind of stuff like i would it's um but it is good that it was at least the last movie the other thing about this and what you were saying about merrick kind of like i was really bored with merrick in this movie Honestly, I know she's going through a lot of struggle <laughs> and like internal turmoil and she screams so much in this movie. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was, so much I was watching the actress and she's like getting tortured or like shot at or something. Like she screams so much in this movie. I'm like the poor actress's vocal cords have got to be just torn apart. But mm-hmm. I I really did I feel with this series so much of it is them like they're questing right that's all of these movies are quest movies they're quest storylines and my biggest issue is that they spend so much time doing nothing mm-hmm. and lots of walking shots and riding horses shots and but it I doesn't feel like that, aside from it feeling like they're doing nothing they don't they don't have progression like it and even when they do have progression like they i feel like it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're progressing like okay so they they went to hammerhead they found out where the entrance to the underworld was okay now they have to go to that place okay but it didn't and then they get there and then they don't know what to do and, and you know like they have all these quests that they have to complete in order to get there but it felt like Merrick's heart wasn't in it right because she's going back and forth and like but she doesn't have any like she has very little spark and drive in the other movies but in this movie she has none and Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's not fun to watch it's not entertaining to watch because unlike like with Frodo so Frodo goes through so much that by the last movie he is not the same person anymore. He is very much zoned out and he's just trying to survive, like fighting tooth and nail just to stay like motivated, right? And yeah. Sam has to be there to encourage him and to like 
uh, help him and carry him, you know, like, and so we love Sam for doing that. And I feel like that was what Dagan was supposed to be. But the problem is, is that Frodo, even though he was like dying and dead and, you know, deadpan face, like he was still likable. Merrick yes. wasn't <laughs> like Merrick, like Frodo was still like you, you, he's still, he's like, I can't remember the taste of food. I don't remember the Shire. I don't remember anything. And Sam, ex- and, but like you feel for him in that moment because you saw how like happy and cheerful he was and everything. Like you saw him be that way and you saw him lose it, but you still were rooting for him because he was doing everything he could and everybody around him, like all of the the army that was fighting like we compared the first few movies to star wars this one is definitely um the lord of the rings and mm-hmm. thane and tila are supposed to be the other half of the fellowship that are like we should go storm the front gates to draw Saruman's eye towards us so he's not looking at frodo and they have a purpose and they're like yep <laughs> you know zero uh chance of success what are we waiting for that whole thing like that was what we were missing because Thane and Tila are supposed to be like the hope of like, all we have to do is last long enough to let Merrick get the hammer and destroy the dark spore. Problem is Merrick needs like wagons and horses and an army. You have wagons, horses and armies and you're not like you're not helping like the reason that worked with lord of the rings is because frodo couldn't take horses he couldn't take eagles he couldn't take anything into mordor and into mount doom because the eye would have seen him and so they they had to keep the eye on them so that frodo could do that that's like that is not what was merrick Zorlock knew what she was doing and he didn't care what she was doing he was just trying to get her on his side because he wanted her power so like he knew where she was the entire time like they weren't trying to draw his eye away there there was no point in Thane and Tila not helping Merrick and Dagon get to where they needed to be there, there was no point to it and it was really frustrating watching it and then they they get the horses and they're like oh yay we can get there faster because we have these horses and then the horses are like we're done like i'm not running anymore after they take them a long way and they're like okay well we're gonna have to walk now why didn't they walk the horses because they sleep like they walk a little farther, they walk a little farther and then they go to bed and it's like you know that horses can still walk and then they can sleep and then they're fresh again like like yeah. the, the grass, they can eat the grass. Like that, you you feed them and you let them rest, and they can then you can ride them again. Like they don't just you don't just throw them away. <laughs> like they don't stop. I was working. so annoyed by that because okay, <laughs> we started with a wagon, and this reminded me. Have you seen Thor: Love and Thunder, Tay? I cannot remember if you have. Yes, yes, we did a okay. podcast. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy. We, we thought we were going to get Thor, a Thor movie with Guardians of the Galaxy in it. But they go away, they have like a scene or two, and then they go away at the beginning. This reminded me so much of that wagon and the zombie girl. You think we're going to get a story of them in the war wagon and the zombie girl, maybe Tila and Thing joining up with them later. I mean, that's what we think is going to happen. And they're like, nope, throw the wagon away. Basically, after in the second scene of the movie, throw the zombie girl away. After. <sighs> Why? And then more walking feet. Why? And, and then, then we get, get more walking scenes. 
Yeah, and then they walk, and then they find the horses, and they're like, hallelujah, horses, and then they just give the horses up one scene later for more walking. Show So many shots of them walking. Yes, they were pretty to look at and everything. Yes, Lord of the Rings does that. Lord of the Rings does it infinitely better. <laughs> because well, so much and- else is going on, and the storytelling is there. But it was just walking and walking and walking. And it's normal. There was so much of it that didn't matter. Like, so they go down into like the thieves cavern. They get the information they need, which they didn't really need. Like they found the location. And then she's like, there could be more to it. So I'm going to take this book. And then there yeah. never was. They never opened the book again. And then, I thought she and was going to open the book at the site and figure out how to get the hammer because of clues from the book matching up with it. No, it's never used again. There was zero point of them being there. Dagon's well, doing some that would come up. That never came up. And then there was zero point to him losing his shoes because in the next scene he gets his shoes back. Or he gets his shoes. There was no point to them getting the horse. There was no point to them putting a three-day deadline on them getting to that spot because the three days didn't end up mattering at all. So the fact that we hear that they only have three days to get to the the site and they're like, we can't, we have to walk and that's a three-day journey. So we have find the horses and then we leave the horses. And so it's like, we have a little bit more time. What was the point of the deadline? I have no well, idea. They- what was the point of the deadline and like it doesn't come into play because they get the horses and they get there faster but then if they had just not put a deadline on it then it would have been fine or if they had put a deadline on it then it should have been like with the horses they just barely made it and and whatever but like when you are writing a story of someone losing hope the way you do that is not by making the audience lose hope <laughs> you know like that's the thing about lord of the rings with frodo you don't lose hope like you see him suffering you see him they're going backwards and you see him on the hill and they get captured and he's just so defeated like but you know that it's gonna work out you know that samwise is not gonna let him you know fall into despair you know that he's gonna get to destroy the ring which he doesn't but you know what i mean like you know that it's going to work out you are, you still have hope then when you flash over to aragorn and legolas and genley like they win a huge battle that gives you hope so it's like you have to give the audience character is um losing hope so that you're character to find their hope again rather than being like yeah this sucks it's over i don't i don't want to watch the end of this movie because i don't have hope that it, i don't have hope that merrick is going to save the day you know what I mean? Like, I don't have hope that this story is going to end well. And I was right. It doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. And <sighs> they show her and Dagon again in the underworld. They He's on the beach shirtless trying to fish. And she comes running up. By the way, I looked up the actor who plays Dagon if he's directed before. He, he was on a TV show called The Outpost. Which it doesn't look like it got past one or two, one or two seasons, maybe three. I've never heard of it before, but he was on a show called The Outpost, and he directed one of the episodes on there, just one episode. He's also written for a couple other, I think they were indie movies. So, Mythica Six will be his first directing a movie opportunity. So this is his directorial debut. 
Okay. Basically. We'll, we'll see how he does. Um, hopefully he does good. Hopefully it's a good movie. I I I want to like these movies so much. And I, I think I do like them. I just had higher expectations, but I think probably on a rewatch I would like them more, knowing how cheesy they are knowing the bad decisions that Merrick makes and knowing that that's kind of the culminate like that's the point of the movie is the culmination of her bad decisions and then she ultimately makes the final sacrifice but you know saves the world like now that I know that this is a story and it's not just the hero's journey and her ending up back where she's supposed to be it's her dying <laughs> then I I think going back and looking at it I, I'll probably like it better maybe not when we're you know because we watch it with a critical eye and it's always different when you watch a movie with a critical eye rather than just straight entertainment value mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't think these movies are bad in, in what they are and so I think that if you want cl- like pretty clean I mean there's some gore but it's not horrible and it's bad cgi'd a lot of the time so it makes it cheesier rather than gorier um if you want that type of mythical epic quest um dnd campaign type movie then i would recommend these for sure like they're not bad in any way but there are some glaring mistakes and some storytelling mistakes but there's also a lot of really good storytelling in them they make sure that movie they foreshadow things really well that end up coming up really well they just also foreshadow things that don't end up going anywhere (laughs) like it's like a weird mix of the two (laughs) like that doesn't go anywhere and that didn't go anywhere but yes one thing in the very first scene the zombies are attacking they get the villagers in the wagon and they show very a close-up shot of Dagan coming up um, from the bottom there's a a door and then he latches it and you see the latch and then you see uh maybe a zombie trying to bang and shake it. I'm like, oh, something's going to happen with that latch. Jonathan was watching it with me. He's like, yeah, yeah. They they really focus a lot in on it. They zoom in. Zombies are surrounded. Nothing happened with that. Nothing. Nope. So it's forced out and then nothing happened. One of my biggest complaints of this movie is when they are in the underworld, Dagon and Thane, and it just seems to me common sense. Hey, you can't wield the hammer of tech without the iron crown that was said so often throughout previous movies. And then they're like, what's it going to take for us to hold the hammer of tech to get it from you? Maybe the iron crown. It just was such a, it made me so upset that it took them so long. It felt like that was not something that should have taken them so long to figure out that the well, iron crown was the answer. What was the point of attacking tech? Like, what was the point of, like, why? He's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And they're like, okay, well, we're on a quest with uh, this girl, Merrick, who is trying to defeat the, like, they didn't do anything to try and explain the situation. They're just like, oh, I'm not the one you're looking for. Well, let's attack you. Like, it. and then he's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? And he's like, well, I didn't see yourself sacrifice. I didn't see you being the type of person who would sacrifice yourself that was news to me so here's the hammer like it's like you could have easily just explained like there's so many better ways to do that like what was their plan when they decided to die he had the crown they know they can't wield it without the crown why didn't they like like go with the plan and then 
the stupid thing, the stupidest thing is that they both go together and Tila says she can only bring them back one time. Why didn't they send one person, bring <laughs> them back with the information and then send the other person? <laughs> like, and when they bring him back, like when they, when, um, what's his face? Dagan decides to die rather than go like what he could have done very easily is and been like hey you need the crown in order to bring it back so let's go find two random villagers and have them go (laughs) die and bring them like and put the crown on our head have them hand us the hammer and then we'll bring them back like (laughs) there was was not made it just this is like so the end of Aladdin where it's like he sets Genie free rather than like giving Jasmine the lamp and then letting, you know, like it's one of those things where it's like there are so many other solutions than the one that you chose. And I don't know, it that was frustrating. That was definitely frustrating. Oh, and I wanted to say just before I on our last podcast, we talked about the steampunk elements that came randomly out of nowhere in, and that disappeared. Uh, and then in four and then yeah again disappeared in this movie so i guess in pathfinder which is the dnd um it's not made by the same people that make dnd but it's a very popular game in pathfinder in dnd and another a lot of other the rpgs that are made like dnd they do have elements of steampunk they have flying machines they have guns <laughs> apparently so this could have all been one dnd campaign because we said last time that probably like switched from D&D to a just steampunk RPG and then took the, the characters with them. But apparently it is possible. So I apologize to the D&D community. I guess you can do all of that within the same world. I was set straight. So <laughs> just want to just put that out there and apologize for what I said last time. You can do it all um, with D&D or with Pathfinder. <laughs> so apparently you can just have random steampunk elements in it and then they can go away. So if maybe if we were more like um, engulfed in the D and D world, <laughs> we would have known that. But I really thought that he was um, sort of like the Lord of the Rings type of world, uh, which there's actually an RPG game that is actually set in the Lord of the Rings world. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So all that of that. Fun. Yeah, and so but indie world has those kind of things that just depends on if your DM wants to have them in it and if he wants to write a story with it or she wants to write a story with um, those elements in it. So <laughs> apparently, apparently it didn't come out of nowhere. Maybe we wouldn't have been so shocked um, had we have known that, but I still think we would have because with this world i don't think we ever saw any elements of steampunk except for in four and i still think four is my favorite movie of them all even though it is very much out of place in the series it's like where did that come from but it was more entertaining than any of the other ones so it's probably still my favorite i like two because of cole i'm never gonna let up (laughs) if anyone asks me about mythica one thing that you could change about mythica cole he would have cool. lived. He would have lived, and he would have ended up Wait, with somebody. Maybe not, not Mary. He's too good for Mary. Why didn't they find Cole in the freaking underworld and have him give them the hammer? Freaking Cole is dead, and he's so helpful. He's a very useful sort of person. Yeah, so they could have been like, Cole, 
when I get back, like, hand me the freaking hammer, I'll crown on. <laughs> like, ah. see, there's so many other solutions. That's what I would have done. I would have had them find Cole and it's, and it would have been Dagan, of course, because he didn't like Cole and he didn't trust Cole. And so it would have been full on circle of uh, Dagan having to kind of swallow his pride. Like not only did this guy die for you, but now he's going to save you from the underworld. Right. Wouldn't that have been so fun? Not that I want Cole to die, but that would have been at least utilizing him in some way and bringing him back. I still think I would have liked him either ending up with Tila's sister if they hadn't killed Tila's sister, or even Zombie Girl if they had somehow brought her back, but she remembered her zombie days and was a bit more humble and whatnot. And I just wanted Cole, okay? <laughs> he <laughs> was my favorite. He, But maybe the reason they didn't bring keep continuing as they didn't know how to continue writing him he had such a different presence and dynamic to the group which is why I liked him and wanted him to continue with the group but maybe they wanted the I don't know I feel as though Tila Thane Merrick and Dagan together had a kind of frenetic energy I think they thought they more stoic than he really does and he is the most stoic of them all in a lot of ways but he also is like a silly puppy especially when it comes to Merrick <laughs> like when they go to fight the blue fairies it was just when we first meet Cole and he just picks up a big stick <laughs> like what are you gonna do with that you know and he I just really missed that sort of presence um, I did I did enjoy because I was really really mad at the end of four, Gojin Pai, him being like, there's nothing living here for you to feed off of. Except you, Gojin. You're there and you're living. And then Sorlock feeds off him and kills him. The, mm -hmm. I hope this was their plan the whole time and not something they just threw in. It seemed like it was of Gojin Pai willingly giving up his life so he could put his essence or soul into Zorlock and help them at the last minute. This movie series really seems to emphasize if you're a hero, you have to die because they say her mom was a hero for dying to try and give them a better world. Gojin Pai dies a hero. Dagan and Merrick. It's very much a theme in the movie. But I did like that they went back and have that. So if and when I watch the series when he dies, I could be like, okay, that was part of the plan. He's gone, but he's like in Zorlock and he's going to help them when he can. Well, and, and then, they kind of they do kind of hint towards it because I was thinking about that because he says he does tell Zorlock several times like as long as you're talking, I'm giving Merrick more time to do what she needs to do, and which means that he knows that Zorlock is going to get out, which means he knows that Zorlock is going to figure it out sooner or later, which Zorlock had already figured it out. He just was waiting until uh, Kevin Zorbo didn't energy anymore. So, and by the way, we went from Kevin Sorbo being in several scenes. And now he is in literally one and his voice is in another. Have <laughs> we went backwards a bit with that? And I, at I least he's know. not on the movie poster. <laughs> right. But is it, I don't, I wonder if it's because of his filming schedule or if they, that's how they wrote Gojin Pai and that's as much as he was supposed to, supposed to be in. So I really wonder about that. Well, but I'm the fact that he was the 
main draw for for you and I to start watching this series. It makes me sad that he wasn't in it more um, overall. Hello. And we're back. <laughs> Something funny that uh, I told you, I think it was yesterday, about the Miss Universe. You know, you go up and you, you shout the country that you're representing. And poor Miss France went up and her voice was super hoarse and cracked. And people have been making fun of it, including her. She put out a video or, or post or something talking about it. And she had, seemed to have a great sense of humor about it. Anyway, there is a scene near the end when they're very clearly trying to replicate in a, in a very small scale way, but Helm's Deep where they have the women and children in the back, but they gave the women and children weapons to defend themselves for when, if and when the zombies came through. But they have women and children in the back and the men are standing there and the zombies army is starting to come and the leader that's there who was, seemed to be second in command to Thane shouts and i can't remember what he shouts charge or something but his voice is super hoarse and it breaks a bit <laughs> <laughs> he shouts and i could just imagine that being like the 25th take and his voice just can't do it anymore but i heard that and literally my mind went back to this froze <laughs> like, i can't even mimic it it's so funny but it took me out, not because the acting was bad, nothing about it was bad except the connection to Miss France, which went viral not that long ago because it was just really funny. Um, and as I said, she doesn't seem to be too upset over people noticing it and making videos and memes and stuff out of it. So I just wanted to mention that. Keep an eye out. Now, and now, when you watch it, if you remember this, every time you watch it and you see him, you're going to think of the Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing, like, I've seen a bunch of the videos, and it's it's ridiculous before it gets to her, because they're, like, screaming it, and a lot of them are really intense and scary. And then and then France is also, like, intense and scary, and her voice breaks in the horse. And so it's, like, it's ridiculous all around, and it just culminates with her. <laughs> like. <laughs> And it's really funny. And so a lot of people, like it's a big trend right now um, of people. I don't know if the trend will be over by the time this <laughs> episode comes out because they go pretty fast. But anyway, bring it back. It's, uh, go ahead and look it up. There's a lot of videos uh, mimicking it or making fun of it. And uh, it's, it's pretty good. But as far as this movie goes, I think I don't like the conclusion of it because I don't like the heroes sacrificing themselves i don't love that type of ending but i mean at least they did at least we did get to see them on the beach together and you know like they got to be you know <laughs> they got to go to the um what is, what is it in lord of the rings the the lands the white lands or something that they all that frodo sails away to with the, the elves undying, undying that's what it is they you know they get to go off together that that's kind of what I think they were going for is that they're together even though they're dead and um and it was the brightest uh shot and they in this movie they shot everything in a cool scale which is not a dark scale which is better but it still was I don't like that that blue hue on everything and I get that they were trying to go for this is a dark war you know world but since they did that in three it did like 
I feel like three should have been the end and then they made two more movies, but it wasn't the end because they didn't finish the quest, you know? So it's like, it was never planned to be the end. So I don't know why they had it be that dark and, you know, and then four is all light and happy. And then this one is the war. And I just don't, Which I don't really me think that they didn't sit down and probably because they didn't know if they would have the funding because every movie has been crowdfunded including the upcoming sixth movie it finished its crowdfunding december of 2022 so very very recently just last month we still have minimum a year it looks like to waiting for the next movie to come out so they probably didn't know if they would have the funding to do all five movies which is why I'm thinking that they kind of took it movie by movie of what they were Probably. doing. They tried different things out and they had different directors. And of course, different directors have different visions. By the way, when you said blue hue over the movie, it immediately took me to the Twilight movies. The first one, mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, that one has a green hue. <laughs> it has a green hue. Like, like a teal. Uh, yes. Don't do it that would... with your movies, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> Just, but just I really use, want us to talk about Twilight. Yeah. Twilight's been talked about by everybody, but I really want us to talk about Twilight. Maybe we'll do that our next series. I don't know what our schedule is going to be. Let us know what movies you want us to do. Let us know if you want us to do Twilight. If you are a patron <laughs> of ours, the $5, <laughs> we will do Twilight if that's what you really want. Um, we, I mean, the reason why we decided not to do Twilight is because it is kind of low-hanging fruit in the fact that everybody has an opinion about Twilight movies. Whether you liked the books and hated the movies or whether you didn't read the books and love the movies or whether you just you know love them both or whatever everybody has an opinion and they are really easy to make fun of because um making fun of things that you know are geared towards especially teenage girls people just love to make fun of that um so i feel like there's like entire corners of the internet dedicated to reviewing twilight so we didn't want to just jump on that wagon but if that's what you guys want to listen to we'll definitely do it um i think you and i both have a very different opinion about the movie and yes it would definitely be one of our more disagreeing with respect because i am not really a fan of twilight i see a lot of problems with the story and taking it in a serious way i think it's fine to enjoy if you have healthy view on relationships but if you're taking twilight as your view on what healthy relationships look like i find problems with that and um but i did read all the books and I, I remember a lot about it and everything and i am totally i have watched the movies for my own enjoyment and i have no problem having it be that guilty pleasure of i just want to watch something like that um but yes i think you and i do disagree on a lot of twilight and that's fine we have <laughs> different experiences so let us know if you want to hear what it sounds like when we respectfully disagree I mean, we respectfully disagree on a lot of stuff on this podcast, but um, I think for this one, we mostly agree that there was some good and there was some bad, but I think it's a pretty good series. Um, I do like that it's another epic fantasy series that's out there. The nerd in me is really happy. I actually would have really enjoyed being part of movies, even with, because we watch it with a critical eye, we sound so critical and probably even, especially me, because I'm a very passionate talker person when it comes to storytelling but i i would watch these again i would have enjoyed being part of them but the six if you're casting i'm an okay (laughs) actor 
I'm, I'm if, you okay. need, if you need a brook producer to come out and do whatever odd job, I am there. <laughs> because Taylor I will be a PA I, and I will be a background actor. It'll be great. Absolutely. And I can, I will, I mean, I, I write movie scripts. I, <laughs> I can script doctor for you all you want. Um, but anyway, so we're going to throw our hat in the ring for that. Absolutely. Uh, because these really, I mean, they're not the best movies ever. They're not the best told stories, but again, it is an epic series. It's not gross, grotesque, awful, and it's not for children, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's got a good balance in, in the adults fantasy uh, genre and epic fantasy that is um, so big, but I feel like it has such a stigma in like Hollywood. So we don't get a whole lot of really awesome uh, series like this. So I'm glad that the, that it was crowdfunded in that there is a, definitely an audience for it you know like they were able to get these they were able to get six movies made you know that is incredible like six, six epic films, that's incredible and it was just through crowdfunding and things like that so I I applauded and I want to support these movies and I want to support more things like it where they are appropriate for people like me and Laura who <laughs> like we don't like rated R gore. We don't like, you know, all of the um, explicit content or anything like that. But we do enjoy epic fantasy. And so I think this is great. I, I want to see more of it because I want it to keep getting better and better and more and more normal <laughs> and more and more of these series out there. So um, and I I'm trying to think of all of the things that I thought of while I was watching it. Um, I like Tila's hair blonde a lot better because it just fits the world better. Um, yes. I agree with that. Mer Merrick's face and hair was a little too pretty in this one again. Yeah. And that was, it wasn't for so. Um, but overall I liked it. I wish it had a different ending and I wish, um, Kevin Sorbo was in it more <laughs> just because I, I, I think I want to find wherever you can find, wherever you can watch Hercules. Cause I want to, I want to watch it now. Um, so do you have any recommendations for our listeners? I'm thinking, give me one second. <laughs> um, I had one in mind. So sorry. The reason it's taking me so long is because I actually had one in mind earlier today. I was like, Oh yes, this is the recommendation. And now it's completely gone from my mind. So I will. Was it a movie? Was it was it a not a movie. It was a book. But you know what? I'm pivoting to a movie. My recommendation is a movie that, in my opinion, everyone should watch. It's similar to Princess Bride in a lot of ways, but it is not. It's called Secondhand Lions. It's a really fun oh, film. Great film. It has. I just forgot the name of the actor. <laughs> it's playing. It has Robert Duvall. It has the Six Sense Kid. What's his name? It's a girl's name, Haley Jalazman. And it has Christian Kane. Oh my gosh, it does have Christian Kane. I almost forgot about him in it. But yes, he plays the young. Yes, it's a really, really fun, good adventure movie. And the reason I compare it to Princess Bride is because it has a little bit of everything in it. It really yeah. does. It's a great movie, very inspirational. I absolutely love it. It's a frame story, also very similar in the vein. 
the princess bride so that is my recommendation look up secondhand lions great film i will second that that is one of my all-time favorite movies it's so good and it's it's one of those ones kind of like top gun maverick where it's just good movie you know like it's just that classic good feel good movie has some really emotional sad parts but it has hilarious funny parts it's just has so much good in it and it really is just a good film and it and um yeah so I I I definitely recommend it uh if you have not seen it I don't think we should necessarily do it for our podcast because it is wonderful. No. I think it would just be us praising it the entire time. <laughs> Which like, we could have podcast episodes where we spend the entire movie praising it. So let us know if that's did... a pivot that you want us <laughs> to take. Instead of criticizing movies, praising, having an episode or two where we praise movies. Because that would be Secondhand Lions and a few for other sure. movies. Well, we did... Um... Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. We didn't end up doing the entire series because we didn't want to. So, but we did the first one, which we just praised the whole time. We had a couple of, uh, you know, issues here and there, but they were all, you know, minor things. So we definitely do that. We don't, we don't just watch things that are, (laughs) that are risky or, or bad or anything like that. Yeah, and I would also recommend the Mythica series to anybody who, like us, is a nerd and loves fantasy, but doesn't necessarily want to watch too much gore or anything that's too explicit or anything like that. I would recommend it. If you're not watching with a critical eye, again, just like we were, it's a really fun series overall. And I want to start a petition to bring Cole back. (laughs) (laughs) Bring him back in six. I wonder if the world. I wonder if the actor was like really difficult or something, or maybe he just had other movies that he was supposed to be in and he, he went off and did something else or some play He's, or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe he did something else. His schedule, I, he had scheduling conflict. Maybe. I, I, I hope that's it and not that he was difficult because I really liked him in this movie and I actually looked up <laughs> other movies. He's, he's done a lot of fantasy movies. And then uh, the guy who played Dagan, I looked him up as well because of. I was looking up to see if directed anything, but he's on a couple other fantasy movies as well as modern day things. But the actors, especially the male actors in this series, really impressed me with them being able to feel like they belong in that world. And the women had so much more working against them with the modern hair and the modern makeup. And um, and then Thane, we costuming at length that he he fought through it though he still convinced me he belonged in that world he just didn't know how to not have 10 layers on him at all times <laughs> well but, and i do appreciate in this i do appreciate in this series that the women are covered up like they're not walking around yes. in like uh bikinis that are made out of chain mail or anything like that <laughs> they they were covered up and the most we see of any of them is uh merrick goes into like a a vesti type tank top and shows her arms like that is as well then there's a Tila, we see like her bare shoulder the back of her bare shoulder for that one scene when they get right. them by peeing in the woods but yeah but for the most yeah, but when they're dressed and walking around they're dressed yeah and they're not in like bustiers or corsets that are like you know pushing them up or anything 
that is unrealistic to the letting them they fight, were you practical know? clothing that people in that setting would most likely absolutely wear for what they were doing and it made sense yeah. and I, I mean and there are scantily clad women and I'm not saying that there aren't but it was nice that like the like my I watched with my parents and my that was one of the things my mom said was just like hey she's covered up like cool <laughs> like she's actually wearing clothes and I think that that is one of the things that makes you take a series like this seriously because a lot of the times when I remember when they wanted to do a female-led Pirates of the Caribbean movie people were like nobody's gonna take that seriously especially when you have someone like Margot Robbie in the forefront because Margot Robbie is gorgeous and it's hard to put her in a movie and make her look realistic you know (laughs) like you want you want to put her in a movie you want to put her in something skimpy like she did with um Harley Quinn and then make her look beautiful and then just have her in cool poses (laughs) with pirate ship background you know and that's why people don't take it seriously but if you put women in roles where they have actual characters where they are you know clothed in clothing that makes sense like even the women who um come after them the like uh elf uh, assassin people <laughs> that, that kidnapped them at one point like even like they were in tighter looking clothing and more scantily clad but it still at least made it looked like it made sense you know and when you put them in clothes that make them make sense give them actual characters it doesn't you know you don't lose that respect <coughs> sorry um you don't lose that seriousness that people can take a film like this. And so I appreciate that these filmmakers really respected the women that were in this movie as actual characters <laughs> and um, not just with their clothing, but with it. they had personalities. And even though I didn't like their personalities the whole lot of the time, it gave, you know, like it was a real person that I would be annoyed with Merrick and I would be annoyed with Tila at certain times. <laughs> so I do appreciate that. Yeah. So if you're looking for a good um, low budget epic fantasy series, I highly recommend it. <laughs> and let us know what you love it. If you hated it and you think we are crazy for recommending it, or <laughs> if you absolutely love it and think that we were way too harsh on it, let us know. Um, again, we have an Instagram. Uh, and a YouTube channel and a Facebook that are your little sister's productions. And then we, you can tweet us at YLS underscore productions. And you can also support us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Flake. Click on the podcast here with beautiful uh, tree logo. And anything else? I think that is all. Go watch Second Headlines. Uh, <laughs> that's my recommendation as well. And This is Laura. I'm Taya. Bye. Bye.